talk about racial disparities, it's not that those things are going to change because racial minorities are incensed and active. They're gonna change because the majority of the population wants the change and is willing to take action for it, lobby for it, make phone calls for it, write letters for it, use their social media for it. We have to support each other, especially those who don't have a voice. Welcome to The Shrinks on Third, our psychology and social justice podcast. I'm psychologist Cindy Ariel. And I'm psychologist Julie Mayer. Have a seat. Listen in. Today, Julie and I are going to talk about what actually makes change happen. Real change for the better. How do we get progress to occur in real time? After the election of 2016, there were so many marches, protests, petitions, so much money donated and spent, and of course, a constant social media frenzy. But we have to ask, did any of that change anything? Well, it it did somewhat, yeah, but what exactly led to those changes? The Civil Rights Act took so many years of hard work and activism, including thousands of civil rights protests that finally pushed for changes in civil rights laws. So all of this stuff is important. No single demonstration led to the change, but it was the culmination of thousands, even millions of people demanding change in sustained work and action. Right, it takes a lot of effort. Another example is the Vietnam War. No single demonstration brought an end to the Vietnam War, but years of demonstrations, protests and sustained activism led primarily by students and civil rights activists finally turned the tide of public opinion and put an end to over 10 years of death and destruction. The protests are really important because they solidify the sentiments, but the protests themselves aren't enough to directly bring about change. Right, Cindy, it's what the protests lead to that's important. The change comes as people work on different levels and push elected officials for changes in laws, regulations and funding It's a lot of hard, sustained work after the protests that makes it happen. It's not a single act that creates change. It's a whole lot of actions put together over time with hard work and a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. With everything you do, you can try to make the world a little better for everyone. Sure, the stuff you recycle doesn't amount to all that much. Reusing your paper towels, aluminum foil, or plastic wrap seems so trivial sometimes. But if everyone did it, there'd be a sea change. Actually, our seas would really change. Literally, they're filled with plastic trash that kills sea life. Exactly. So to make changes at a higher level, policies have to change. And to make the kind of policies you want to see, you have to vote in the people who have the best chance of making them happen. Ibram X. Kendi, one of the leading historians and scholars on racism, says, we have to believe change is possible in order to make it happen. And he believes the key is to dismantle racist policies. He says, and it it seems clear to both of us as well, that as long as black people are offered the American nightmare and no clear access to the American dream, we can't really have the American dream. 
we all want. We've talked before about the inequities and abuses in law enforcement, imprisonment, and other racial disparities. Statistics show that black people are not inherently more dangerous than white people, but they get blamed and punished a whole lot more. They don't do worse things than whites and they don't do them more often, but they do get caught and punished more often and more severely. Not because white people are too smart to get caught, but because when they get caught, the consequences are way less severe. Right, that is systemic racism. And it allows white people to have fewer and less serious consequences than people of color. This is why it's clear that our policies need to change. Racism needs to be dismantled at every level, in every job, in every activity. So one of the reasons the guy who killed George Floyd, and I don't want to say that guy's name, was convicted was because of the massive uprising and protests and everything that happened after people were able to view that video. So it's a start to go to a protest and we need to move people of color to the front to lead us and move white people to the front when facing down police so that there are less severe reactions. But that's still not enough. We have to get into every corner of society and put people of color to the front. Follow them for leadership. Use whiteness to protect them when necessary, but let them lead or encourage them to lead, support their leadership. Working together has to include white people having less of a voice because we've had the loudest voice for so long. One way to get the kind of people voted in who could potentially help make real change is by making sure people's votes count. Gerrymandering does the opposite. So does the fact that it costs so much money to run for office that a lot of people who could do a great job don't have a shot. Right. And the media has a really big role to play. The media often acts like an influencer rather than a news source more and more lately. I can't stand it. We get both sides of a story, even when one side of the story is blatant lies and misinformation. And we shouldn't be spreading that around. So we get skewed stories. We even get both sides of the story when it makes no sense, like when the media literally reported on alternative facts or lies like they might be legitimate. It's helped set up the divisiveness that we live with today. Also, the point of view is important. For example, we hear a lot of reporting on how many women get raped versus how many men are raping women, or how many children are trafficked in the United States versus how many grown-ups, mostly men, buy these vulnerable children to use and do with as they wish. Yeah, it's a subtle way of making it look like the victim has the power. So in his really cool idea about having a degree in anti-racism and creating anti-racist teams, Ibram Kendi suggests that since journalists are the best communicators, they would be an asset to anti-racist research teams to get the messaging out after research is done and suggested policies are created. In addition to all of this, there are everyday things that everyday people like us can do every day to make a difference. Spend your money wisely. We make a choice every time we buy stuff about who we buy from and about what we're doing with our old stuff. Do we really need the new stuff? It takes a little time, but it's important to learn how companies and brands that you want to buy and put your money into, how they respond to certain social justice issues like dealing with toxins and whether they pay their workers a living wage. And even in a larger sense, do they support unethical voter laws or anti-abortion laws? Right. 
it takes research to find answers to those things, but it's important. And in addition, do you know what your bank or other money funds are doing with your money while they're holding on to it? What are they investing in? I know it's a pain to move your money. And some of you lucky people have money tied up in all kinds of ways that are hard to move. <laughs> but the alternative is that you might be participating in the funding of things that are literally destroying the planet, like more weapons and fossil fuels, and maybe even child slavery and trafficking. You can take the time and you can get help to find investments that are in clean energy, just for example, that support good causes. Donate to places doing good work. Choose good organizations that are working for things that you believe in and that will help to change the world. Things like anti-racism, poverty, climate change, reproductive health, issues that need our attention and resources every day. Checking out organizations might also take time and energy. We try to mention some on our podcast as we cover various related topics. It's not easy changing the world. It's hard work. <laughs> it takes time, but it's worth it. Give blood if you qualify and also become an organ donor. Giving blood is easy compared to a lot of other things you might do. Also, if you drive, being an organ donor is so easy. You just check a box when you get your picture taken for your driver's license. Donate or recycle old stuff. I recently had three single mattresses in my living room. Okay, that, I know that's a little weird, but <laughs> we don't need them anymore. And I brought them downstairs, not realizing how hard it is to give them away. Nobody wanted old mattresses. And even though these were in good shape, it took me six months to find them a home. I just couldn't bear to think of them just taking up space in some dump or landfill. There's so much trash out there. It took a while to find a taker from one of the neighborhood apps. I tried the Buy Nothing group on Facebook too, but, and both of those usually work. They worked great with a couch I had and an old piano, but those mattresses were tough. I held out though and finally found a thrift store that wanted one of them and a neighbor who decided they'd be great to have when their niece and nephew visited. Things both large and small take up space in our world. They don't just disappear because we throw them away. Right. Philadelphia just banned plastic bags, which is great. And we can't stop there. A lot of the waste we make is food, while at the same time, in every county of our country, there are people who are food insecure. We can all be more careful with our waste. Be a little more careful with what you buy. Wrap your food better. Eat the leftovers. Donate extras. Of course, follow the rules about donating food. Don't donate stuff that has the date, you know, already passed. Yeah, speaking of that, I remember a big problem when some people without homes were hanging around a food store dumpster trying to get the leftovers that simply get tossed and the company got guards to guard the dumpsters because the food was either outdated or had been in the open for the day or whatever the rules were and they didn't want there to be any trouble, basically lawsuits if someone got sick from their dumpster food. It seems like they went about it the wrong way. You'd think the company would come up with a way to get that food to those hungry people before putting it in the dumpster. Just saying. It just seems funny worried about a lawsuit from hungry people trying to eat food. It's crazy. <laughs> Small actions add up though. We spend a lot of time online, for example. Why not do some good with that time and spend some of it checking out websites that offer action items for helping with all kinds of social justice issues and needs for change. And then there are loads of people using all of their social media connections to promote change and to keep the ideas alive, which is a good thing. Whatever platform you're on, you can keep ideas alive. And in that sense, you can be part of the change. If everyone were being the change, 
maybe we'd all see it more clearly and make more of it happen. That's true, Julie. You can also find volunteer opportunities on many of these websites. There are tons of opportunities that can fit different skills and interests from stuffing envelopes to cooking or writing or teaching. You may think this is a waste of time, but it isn't. You could write a letter to your local representatives. Let them know exactly what you think. At the very least, their intern will keep a tally and let the rep know when there's an abundance of support for one issue or another, and they do pay attention to that. And maybe you'll hit on an issue that the politician can hear and go to bat for. They hear a lot from people with money and their lobbyists, and they get out of touch with their basic constituents, just everyday people. Be there to remind them. If you're not comfortable making phone calls, send an email. You can also use ResistBot to send letters. It's super easy, and all you have to do is text RESIST, R-E-S-I-S-T, to 50409, and ResistBot will help you compose a letter to your local, state, or federal representatives. Try it. I love ResistBot. The world has to change in so many ways, and even as it does, there are more layers to work on. All of this is important for our world to change, and a lot has to do with how we think of and treat other people. Every issue we've mentioned is also affected by the people it most strongly impacts, and that is the most vulnerable in our population. People of color, people in poverty, women and children. Right. When we talk about racial disparities, it's not that those things are going to change because racial minorities are incensed and active. They're going to change because the majority of the population wants the change and is willing to take action for it, lobby for it, make phone calls for it, write letters for it, use their social media for it. We have to support each other, especially those who don't have a voice. And at every level of change, we have to consider how everyone is affected. Anti-racism has to be part of what we do every day. I got this vision, it's probably his vision. Anyway, I got it from him, reading Ibram Kendi, that all of us could fan out like bots, penetrating every part of society, every business, neighborhood, school, profession, and call out racism and bigotry in ways that people can hear and understand. Having conversations, standing up to misinformation and stereotypes. A friend yelled at me the other day because they mentioned a TV show that was about a specific ethnic group. And I said, I wondered if people in that ethnic group found it as funny as he did, or if they'd be offended. And I really don't know the answer to that because I don't know the show, but he yelled at me that I take things over the top, that I make a dumb sitcom into an issue, that I can't just relax and have fun. Well, all contraire, my dear friend, I am great at having fun. <laughs> Many people say I'm fun, including my 20-something daughter who told me I'm a fun mom, which I take as a huge compliment. That, that is a huge compliment, Cindy. <laughs> Definitely. I like to have fun too, but I don't like having fun at other people's expense. Why do we need to do that? There are a lot of dumb sitcoms that I can laugh at. I'm not sure I need at all, if anyone needs, a dumb one that uses ethnic jokes to make people laugh. So, okay, we can get on people's nerves with this stuff. I'm thinking sometimes we need to do that if that's what it takes. Maybe eventually something will click and people who don't yet understand will come to understand. Those of us whose shell of understanding has cracked open and are opening up we have to keep pushing out the important ideas. I agree. Doing this podcast has definitely cracked my shell open. <laughs> it made me see things very differently. There's like egg everywhere. 
<laughs> Standing against injustice in whatever ways we can, all the time, whenever we can, is what changes the world. There's no little pill you can take. There's no secret, easy way to do it. We just need to all join in and work on it together. So will recycling change things? Will shopping consciously or being kind every day change the world? Will a protest or a petition create change? Well, if we all did our part, these things would make a difference. But it's not one and done. There are a lot of steps to making change. Protests help with awareness, with activation. They help politicians see which way the wind is blowing. They validate and awaken people. But they're just the start. Most important is that we work to bring about policy changes by voting the right people into office at every level, knowing who we're voting for. So that terrible politics and policies like redlining and voter suppression go away so that we have more equality in every way. We have to work to lift people up. And all of these things aren't just great for changing the world. They give each of us hope and they make us feel good. And feeling good and hope and growing positive vibes can also help change the world. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. You can find us at shrinksonthird.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at shrinksonthird. Till next time. Take care.